Welcome back to the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Have a special edition coming to you today. Uh, this is Matt here, and I'm joined by Andrew Song, uh, former SID at SDSU, Allie Herliska, um, former softball player, softball alum, and then Julia Lamb, uh, former, former soccer alum, or a soccer alum. You're not really a former one. Um, thank you all for being here tonight. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing? Things are uh, going well here. Excited to uh, get into this and just chat the success of, of athletic teams. Fun to fun to watch them find uh, great success in a in a really weird year that that has tested adversity and all that. So looking forward to conversation tonight. Yeah, and Andrew, you said um, you reached out after I put out the bat signal for anyone that wanted to come on and talk. Uh, about softball and soccer in particular because of their great success. You said you were the the former SID that covered both teams, right? Yeah, so I've been I was lucky enough to uh for about four, four and a half years sit in the chair where I got to tell the stories of of Jackrabbit soccer, softball and men's basketball. And so um actually got to cover both Allie and Julia through their careers and, and get to uh watch their successes and and kinda be a, a cheerleader on alongside of that, uh, alongside of them. So, and, and, you know, I talk about answering the bat signal. I was sitting by a campfire when I saw your tweet. And so I said, yeah, that sounds fun. And then the next day when you texted me, I thought, Oh, what did I just get myself into? <laughs> so but, uh, look at, no, no, uh, fun to, to reunite with these two and, and certainly chat with you and uh, listen to their stories and what they remember from their times. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you for, uh, helping organize this. I really do appreciate it and make this connection to Allie and Julia for me. So thanks. Um, so then Julia, we'll start with you. Uh, if you want to do a brief introduction of yourself and uh, what do, what do the fans need to know about you? Um, well, I played soccer from 2014 through 2017, um, originally from Minnesota and I, uh, got recruited, you know, in my junior year, I was a midfielder. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's about the gist of it. <laughs> Sounds good. And you told us before the broadcast that you play in, uh, how many leagues in Sioux Falls now? How many, well, how many teams? <laughs> I play on in three leagues, but I'm on five teams. I got, I got myself a little bit overwhelmed here now, but you know, you gotta, you gotta keep the, the competitive juices flowing somehow. So <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Allie, uh, what about you? What do what do we need to know? Oh gosh, what did we figure out, Andrew? I played sixteen through. <laughs> I don't even know my years. Sixteen through tw- nineteen. 16, sixteen through twenty. Sixteen through twenty. Maybe Is that I don't right? remember. I think it's sixteen through know. nineteen. Yeah, that would be right. Um, but I am a kindergarten teacher now, so I'm excited for a little change of pace and to talk a little softball instead of talking to young children all day. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. I don't have a competitive um, in anymore, so this is going to be fun to talk softball. And I'm obviously following uh, Jackrabbits, and it's been so exciting to see their climbing success this year. They're doing amazing. It's been so fun. Yeah, yeah, and you know, looking back at the history, when I, when I was in school, um, I graduated from SDSU in 2010. Um, at that point, softball was struggling quite a bit. Yes. And you, you were kind of on the the front end of that wave that, uh, 
started some real success, right? Yeah. So we had a class of six coming in and we actually gained two our junior year. So we graduated all six plus another two. So we, I mean, we had a big class to make a big difference. And yeah, I think we made a statement when we were there. And like I said, right now they're still just climbing the ladder. I think we um, set a standard for them, but for sure, it's been really fun to watch this year. Good. Well, well, thank you. Yes, thank you. Andrew, um, you know, what do these two leave out about themselves? <laughs> they're uh, they're both incredibly uh, modest when they talk about their athletic adventures, right? Um, so, Julia, yes. I don't know how many championships officially you were a part of, Julia, but but certainly a run of of incredibly successful Jackrabbit soccer, right? You you closed out a, a strong coaching career of Lang Wiedemeyer, uh, won championships under him, and then and then we're part of the transition to Brock Thompson in this new. Um, kind of legacy served as Brock's first captain uh, and kind of uh, were certainly a um, important figure in that kind of change of, of uh, coaching staffs and uh, get to go out with another strong, you know, uh, senior season like that. So, so certainly Allie or Julia uh, sold herself short on, on the impact. And, and I'm excited to dive into that a little bit later, but the impact that she had on Jack rabbit soccer and her, her uh, career. And then Allie, uh, I told Allie I'd do this and so she can shake her head at me. But Allie uh, on Twitter a lot of times got the, uh, the tweet out saying, see you later, Alligator, uh, because Allie hit uh, more home runs than any Jackrabbit in her time. Uh, left as the school's home run leader, uh, certainly a, a force at the plate over her four years, and you saw that uh, growth. She was freshman of the year, uh, closed out earning All-Summit League a few times, and, and – again, sells herself short of, of that class and that group when they talk about she closed her career with back-to-back 37-win seasons, which is the most that uh, in two years that Jackrabbit softball has ever won. So, so again, both of these guys were, were formative in, in their careers and being able to help um, their Jackrabbit programs take that next step forward. Awesome. Thank you for filling in the gaps. I had a feeling <laughs> there was a little more there than, uh, than what they'd said. So thank you. So Julia, we are going to start with you um, and soccer uh, because this week, uh, Thursday, right, starts the conference tournament. Mm -hmm. And so what do we need to know about what's, what the team has done up to this point? Um, who, if we're paying attention to the tournament, um, who do we need to be paying attention to? What, you know, what, what does this team do well? Um, tell us a little bit about, about this squad. Yeah, um, SDSU soccer is just a special program. Um, and I think anybody who kind of is a part of it can agree with that. Um, from, you know, supportive staff to, you know, every teammate, every coach, you know, it's a special program. And so, um, you know, I think, and it starts with, uh, our success as kind of just dived in from and kind of been rooted in our culture that we have, um, we are just like, we're such a close team and, you know, Brock and Andy and Kaylee kind of preach culture first and um, being part of the team and team first mentality. And um, we kind of, one of the first things Brock says is, you know, we don't really set goals for our team. We just kind of focus on growth. And um, we have like uh, our uh, three core values, which is uh, total mental toughness, growth and family. And so I think that's what our, our uh, team is really rooted in. And we kind of believe in that. And um, that's something Brock kind of developed when he became head coach. But I mean, from 
my freshman year on to this, my senior year, we were wildly successful and it's just continued on since then. And so it's really exciting to watch and very exciting to see. And, um, uh, as far as the tournament goes, yeah, I mean, I've been to a couple games this year and the team is remarkable. Like our freshmen that they got this year are, they're, they're special players and they're, they've really changed our program. And so, you know, a lot of times you see, you know, there's a couple freshmen who stand out, but I mean, I think the entire freshman class so far that I've watched have been impact players and have um, really contributed to the success of the team. And I think that's also just due to, you know, we've had a couple injuries on the team, a couple key injuries, you know, we had um, Carly Manding um, had a season ending injury, you know, we have Haley Fisher and, um, a couple others too that have just, you know, those are key players and, and important players to the team. And so I think it's really just been the adversity of the team that's been able to um, contribute to the success too. You know, it's an, it's a year that's been um, brought a lot of adversity to every, you know, athletic team in the nation, you know, across the world. And so, uh, but, you know, just these little injuries that pop, pop up too. And so um, the defense has been remarkable. Um, you know, they have a really strong back line. I think they've only allowed like a handful of goals this year. And um, so I know like defensively, you know, you have your, your back line and um, they're ones to watch, you know, there's um, uh, also like our forward, there's uh, Maya Hansen. She's been remarkable. She's a sophomore. Her freshman year was amazing. And she's just kind of brought that into this year. Um, Eden, um, who is a transfer, she came last year, I believe. Um, she has been phenomenal for the team this year. I think she put up goals back to back games, some game winners. So, um, those are definitely some to watch and our midfield's always been a solid group in our, in our team and something that, uh, Kayla Costello always is, is kind of in charge of, and she kind of preaches that and I'm biased to it. So I always watch the midfielders a little bit more, but um, no. And so they're kind of the core of the team. And so they've been, they've been really solid too. And, um, but yeah, no, I think our back line has been phenomenal. And I know Brock kind of switched up our, our lineup a little, or not our lineup, but our formation a little bit. And um, I think they've adjusted well. And again, with injuries as well there. So um, they lost also Katie Zabel, who was our starting one of our starting center backs since her freshman year, and so they lost her um, a couple weeks ago as well. So um, hmm. yeah, and so the defensively they've just been phenomenal. Offensively been phenomenal. So um, as far as the, the Summit League tournament goes, there's there's not much you know standing in their way besides you know those those little things that we need to fix. So sure, yeah the. You know, I was looking, just kind of preparing for this, some thoughts and stuff, and you mentioned phenomenal defense. They've only allowed five goals <laughs> in, in 16 matches. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Like, I don't know a ton about soccer, but that's incredible. Like, I do know that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, you know, soccer isn't always like a high-scoring game, but to only allow five goals and, you know, the way you said 16 matches is, is kind of crazy. You know, that's 11 shutouts and – um, that's awesome for our goalkeepers. And especially there hasn't been, you know, Brock is this year, it looks like has just uh, had the goalie split times, whether that be Haley Fisher and Taylor Locke and um, Jocelyn. So it's been, you know, they've all kind of been switching, switching around. So that's just uh, um, uh, just kudos to to the goalkeepers for being able to kind of handle that, not having always having like a specific time frame, but. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And, and Andrew, you've been following a little bit, right? On, on yeah, certainly. So it's been, it's been kind of yeah. fun because uh, I get to go to the games now and help with stats or uh, even sit in the stands and watch and kind of be a fan <laughs> instead of uh, necessarily needing to show up a couple hours before and get set up and feel the pressure of making sure stats are right or who's uh, subbing in and out or what goals scored. So it's been, it's been fun to watch the team from a different angle and at the same time find myself uh, really connected and just cheering for it. I think Julia gave a great summary of, of what the team's doing. Um, I think I could add a little bit to it. And, and one overall is, is Julia mentioned how strong that defense is. And really though, it doesn't, and Julia, I'd love to get your, your thoughts on this is it's not just that back line. It's not just those strong keepers. It's a, uh, the way the, the team is set up and just the way that they flow through the field. It's really a collective effort. Uh, throughout, including midfield, including forwards, and really uh, that flow back and forth and, and using that. What do you see out of that group, Julia, or as you talk about kind of that collective approach? Yeah, so our, you know, what also kind of what uh, Brock and Kaylee and Andy kind of um, preach to us is, you know, they want to be in our kind of just a mindset we want to have is that we want to be the uh, best team, and I'm going to butcher it, and Brock's going to curse me for this later but like best team in the nation um the moment we lose the ball um and so and what that means matt for those of us who aren't as you know familiar with soccer but it's like as soon as we lose the ball like um like whether it's you whether it's your teammate you're uh you're on it right away you're trying to win it back um a lot of times we can kind of and myself was probably the prime example of why brock made this rule or mindset is you know you lose the ball and sometimes we go, oh, okay, and like we get kind of upset about it, kind of pout. And um, but no, it's really just a change of a mindset of being able to win the ball right away. And our forwards and our midfielders do a fantastic job too of um, really digging into that. So it doesn't even um, at that point it doesn't have to just rely on our back line. It doesn't have to rely just on our goalkeeper. You know, like Andrew had touched on, it's a full. It's it's eleven players on the field who all have to do their job for us to succeed and. Um, and it starts from the very top and works our way back. You know, it's not um, just a one-man job. So, and I think just having that mindset of being able to switch on and winning that ball right away is is imperative to our success. And I think we we do a great job at it. And um, Brock checks us when we don't. So uh, make sure and and so we all do a, a pretty good job at that. And I think that's one defensive component that we all kind of click in on. So. So I, I must say, though, my, my soccer knowledge is based on two things. One, Ted Lasso. <laughs> and two, uh, <clears throat> I did a study abroad when I was in SD, at a, a student at SDSU, and we went to West Africa and uh, watched Accra play uh, Contempo Ken, or something like that, a, a two-city two city town or city teams. Who did we lose? Um, and... <clears throat> Anyways, we found out, like, after the introductions were done, that the reason there were so many military police all around the stadium is because, like, 10 years prior, there had been a huge fan riot. And the fans had, like, fought each other between these rival teams. <laughs> and so, anyways, I learned a lot about <laughs> soccer that match because I sat, sat next to a, a, a Ghanaian and he explained the match to me and what was happening. And ever since then, I've been a fan. I, I really do enjoy the sport now that I understand what's happening. But up until I was uh, 21 years old, I really had no no understanding at all. Yeah. It was 
it was just hard to it was hard to watch when you don't know what's going on. So I appreciate you explaining. Yeah. Uh, explaining. I, uh, I don't. So. I don't think you'll see uh, the fan riots this weekend, but I do think there's some fun rivalries uh, down in Omaha yeah. this weekend. Both both with our you know Jackrabbits opening game against Omaha, and then on the other side, really. Whoever, if if the Jackrabbits were to get past Omaha, the Mavericks in that opening game, whoever you would face on Saturday is uh, their arrival. Uh, so, yep. yeah, yeah, that's that's right, right? You've played Denver before in the championship matches, Julia. What's your experience with the the, the Denver Pioneers in Summit League play? Um, in Summit League play, well, my freshman year, we won against them in. PKs, I want to say. Yeah, it was in PKs. I believe Tor Pool hit the hit the winning goal, um, and then what? Uh, there, and then we played them again. Maybe Andrew was it my junior year? I believe we beat them in PK, and we beat them in PKs as well. Yep, I think that's right. We've had a lot of PKs in our in our history, and in, in Summit League play <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> Yeah, the and that was at home, so that was kind of that was always. Um, it's always fun to win at home, you know. In Denver, it's it's beautiful when we won there, but it's just you know you have a couple fans there. But when you're home, you got all your friends, you got um, your family, and uh, so it was a different experience for sure. And so we we loved playing Denver, but I know playing I know the team's playing Omaha this uh this Thursday, and so um, that's kind of going to be a. Uh, a little bit of a rematch too. I know in 2019 Omaha um, had actually beat SDSU. That was my year after I'd graduated, but had beat them in the the first first round of the Summer League tournament. So, well, it'll be still a a little bit of a rematch there. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and SDSU and Omaha played in the first two matches of the season this year back in February, and they were both zero zero draws. So. Uh, and, and the games were kind of weird, right? One game was at one o'clock in the afternoon and one was at nine 45 in the it morning. It was a, it was a unique setup, uh, Matt, just... in that, that they were also playing indoors. Um, and, and so, uh, oh. no fans inside the dome, unique setup of, of game, you know, opening season on a, on a more narrow field. Correct, <clears throat> Julia? Yeah. Yeah. That field is, I, at least from what I've heard, I don't know if I've ever played on it, but was significantly narrower than, than what we're used to. And that's a huge part of our game. So it, it definitely is. And I know during that season, that was the or series. That was the series that Katie Zabel went down. And so you're sorting through um, losing your most experienced uh, team member uh, during that, during that uh, series or, you know, season opening series, you lose your most uh, experienced defender, most experienced team member have to sort through moving uh, Gabby, Vivier, Hannah, from the midfield back to the back line, plugging Adelaide in at a different spot, shifting Eden into the, the midfield. And so there was all those uh, little kinks to work through right away that, that team, I think, I think you showed that, that it's a tough team by finishing it a zero, zero draw with, with that adversity and Omaha is dangerous at the same time. So it's, it's certainly not, uh, although it's a, you know, it's a two, three matchup, it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a good game. So and certainly not looking ahead to Saturday if you're that group. And that's something that Brock <clears throat> talks about all the time. And, and Julie, I'm sure you remember is that if, if the team can stay present and if the team can, can not get too big for the moment and not look too far ahead, really good things happen, right? They, 
they, Julia mentioned it, growth, not goals and, and this type of thing. They don't set these lofty goals at the beginning of the season. It's really focused on, hey, in each moment, in each training session, in each game, we want to get better. And, and by virtue, if you, if you take that step forward every training session, every day, every game, every season, you're naturally going to find success. And so that's really what they're chasing after. Excellent. And then, you know, you know, we're, we're not the team, so we can look ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, D- Denver, they went, they, they tied one, one, and then they won a double overtime game two to one against USD. They won four zero. And then the next day they tied one to one. So, or, or draw, right? Is that the word in soccer? Draw. <laughs> Either one works. So, okay. Sounds good. Uh, I mean, in that way too, though, I mean, soccer is such a, and I think Andrew can definitely attest to this. Like soccer is such a weird game. And, and I think any sport really where, you know, you one day you're, um, I mean, even, I guess even I'll go at it this way. You could be playing the best game of your life and just cannot finish the ball. You can't shoot. Like every ball just seems to be a couple inches wide or you hit the post and um, you know, and so, and you could be controlling the ball you know, 70, 80% of the time and still not have that success. And then the other team gets, um, uh, gets like one break scores on that one break and they end up winning one zero. So I know soccer at least is kind of a weird sport where the, the stat sheet and, or I guess the, the end score doesn't always, um, doesn't always reflect how the games actually go. So it'd be interesting to actually go. I didn't watch those games to be back, to go back and look how those go and, Again, it's it's one of those games, too, where, you know, one day you come out and you play the best game of your life and you win, you know, 4-0. And then the next one, you go, you you know, a couple of days later, you come out and you tie. So uh, you, can't, you never quite know. And, and weather has a big difference on it as any sport. And so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those games play out for sure this, this coming week. I uh, Those were two games that I got to be in the stands for. And so it was pretty fun to to watch them. Um in, in my time as an SID, I don't know that there was a matchup Summit League-wise that wasn't – or that, that was more competitive than South Dakota State and Denver. You knew every time you got into that matchup that it was going to be, frankly, the two top teams in the league going at each other. Uh, certainly respect to the Bison program that had a really good run uh, a few years ago. Certainly respect to a dangerous Omaha team, to a USD team that's on the way up, but – but it's been it's been South Dakota State and Denver going at each other um, for for several years now, and so you know, going into this tournament that that if seating works out, that championship Saturday is going to be a really fun game. You watched, or if if you were in the stands to watch those two games on that Friday, it was a physical battle, uh, a one-one draw that that Denver struck quickly, and and South Dakota State answered back. But throughout that game, it was uh, back and forth, a lot of fouls, a lot of a lot of uh, potential fouls that, that weren't necessarily called and, and just a, a really physical game. And then I think on Sunday you saw a lot of coaching adjustments to get both teams in space and you saw the game open up a lot more. Uh, and, and that was that Sunday game was the first game that I've been able to sit and just be a fan for. Wasn't working it, wasn't doing anything, was just able to sit uh, and be a fan and have some fun and, uh, jumping up and down. So Denver, Denver scored early and it was kind of frustrating. And then, uh, you know, you watched the, uh, in the second half, I think it was, uh, Eden, was it Eden or Adelaide that scored first? 
I'd uh, let me look at the stats here real quick. I can pull them up. It was Adelaide that uh, Adelaide Klein, uh, who was a defender, comes up and strikes a ball and 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 scores the goal. I think it was off of a rebound or a, a corner kick that just kind of ended up floating out wide, and Adelaide struck it uh, beautifully and scored the goal. And so it's fun to watch that celebrate. And then you get in uh, later in the game, and Eden hit an absolute rocket uh, that that hits the upper corner of the net. And you just you, when you get to see those teams uh, just celebrate and and chase onto the field after each other. That's a, that's a really fun experience. So, and you know, the other thing in that game, that was the, that was the game I believe that Carly Manding went down um, or that was the the weekend that Carly Manding went down as well. And so again, you have this, this story of adversity and this story of this team just really gelling together and, and uh, fighting for each other and really focusing on team aspect and being able to kind of put the, put the tough, tough, tough stuff aside and really focus on what's at hand and, and getting the job done. So Saturday, if, if the matchup between one and two happens, Saturday is going to be a fun game down in Omaha. And and in the past, the summit league soccer championship has been on ESPN plus, right? Do we know if it's going to be on ESPN? That, plus would, this year? that streaming information, my guess is going to get released by the summit league. What's available or what's coming. Um, probably this week I would sure. I would look at summit league or the summit league.org or gojacks.com will definitely have that information. I'm not, I'm not sure what the setup will be with uh, COVID going on, but yeah, in the years past we've had uh, uh, some announcers up top of the uh, fishback soccer park and, and kind of fun to watch that production come together. Because I, yeah, I have a vivid memory of watching the game in Denver one year and it was super windy. Um, so yeah, I just, yeah, I remember that. And that's why I always remember that these championship matches are on ESPN plus, And that's pretty cool. So from a, from a um, national viewing opportunity, yeah, it's, uh, that's great. It's always good when Jack Rabbits so, get a little national attention. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> Julia, any last, any last thoughts to add uh, on, on the team? I mean, this, this is an exciting team to watch. You know, I was part of a program that was very successful and I'm like, Oh, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, they'll probably still be pretty good. But, like, this team, you know, watching them, I remember talking to the coaches afterwards, and um, they've got a great team and a great future ahead of them. Like I said, their freshmen are are great. And, you know, these these guys, unfortunately, have injuries. You know, some of them get an extra year, so we'll see if they take it. But, um, no, this team's going to be, be pretty special, and it has been, and I think it's just going to keep carrying on. So it'll be exciting this week. So, Matt, I have a fun question for Julia. Awesome. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> as 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 an SID, I hated penalty kicks. What goes through you? Because because this is the only time of the year that you actually get into penalty kicks, right? If if you play 110 Correct. minutes during the regular season, you just end in a draw. Uh, while you end in a draw in Summit League play, you st- or in in tournament in in Summit League or NCAA tournament, it's still you have to go to PKs to decide who advances. So you you close out your 110 minutes. What's going through your head as a player? As a you have to kick or B you're standing in line next to your teammates on the field waiting. I mean, that's gotta be one of the biggest high pressure moments that you've been through. Oh, Oh yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. I mean, I know, I think in one of our, I believe it might've been at Denver. Um, I was like, I think I was probably like six to go or something like that. And so, um, 
you, we had, and so you usually have five set kickers. And then, um, after that, if you know, it's still tied, then you keep going on. So I was just sitting there. I remember being there and I was just hoping and praying <laughs> that we would have it settled. Uh, but I know we had, at least in my career, I had Maggie Smither as our goalkeeper who for her claim claim to fame was <laughs> being able to save like every single PK you threw at her, whether it be in practice or, um, in those games, she came up really big in those. And so we had a lot of confidence in her. Um, and so it wasn't as nerve wracking as it should be, but it's always one of the most nervous experiences of, of, of my life and then so much adrenaline, but the moment that, you know, you won, which a lot of times half of us don't know until like somebody starts running they're like, Oh, we all won. So then we go <laughs> counting at that point is, is a little too much when you got that much adrenaline going to see who's, who's doing all the math with it. But no, it's, it's, it's beyond exciting, but oh my goodness gracious! I was, I'm surprised I don't have some heart issues now because of all the PKs that I, I've been a part of so far. So, no, it is. It's very exciting, and um, uh, we, at least in my career, I think we've only lost in PKs once. So, um, we were very successful. So, I, I can leave saying that, and not as much uh, anxiety with them now. <laughs> cool. <laughs> awesome. Oops. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time and, and sharing, uh, sharing some of your stories and insight there. Appreciate it. Did, did you play <laughs> softball? Did I? I, I did. Chance? I did actually up yeah. until I want to say like my freshman year of high school. But at that point, then, you know, I was a third baseman, which like Allie, correct, aren't third baseman usually like broader, bigger <laughs> kind it, of like, I, mean, it, I don't know. It depends what you're <laughs> prioritizing in your defense, but fair enough yeah and then like for I mean Matt I don't think that you've ever seen funny. me in person but I'm, I'm about 410 and 4'11 on a good day but I, <laughs> about 410 so uh yeah I was a third baseman and I, I was actually a switch hitter um oh, I, I was a, I was I was a slapper um I mean I wasn't I wasn't a phenomenal mm-hmm. softball player by any means but uh I was on a team where you know I was speedier than a lot of other people in the soccer sense I'm not that fast but <laughs> in a softball sense, I suppose I was. So they just had me steal a lot, which was kind of fun, but, um, yeah. But yeah. Sure. Otherwise that's, that's as much as my knowledge <laughs> no. goes of softball. Allie obviously <laughs> knows much, much more than I did. So <laughs> perfect. Beautiful transition there, yeah. Julia. Thank you. So, so Allie, oh, welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the podcast here. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about, this season for softball um it's it's been pretty crazy just watching every week weekend as the as the games get posted up on twitter and they give updates and things like that um another win another shutout another uh very low scoring game obviously kind of one of the highlights earlier in the season was the no hitter against yeah. oregon state uh and that caught a lot of people's attention what do, um, what do you know about I know this that team? their team chemistry I like I am so jealous of I think at one point I even messaged one of the girls and I asked if they were playing softball anymore because they're just like snapchatting all the fun things that they're doing and they're just having so much fun on and off the field traveling when they're in Brookings and it's just again I think that is another standard that we set like I said we had six coming in and then we had eight more so we were tight-knit just within our class but I think every class that came in, even up to our senior year, we were just so welcoming and we created that family. Like I know Julia talked about too, like 
it's so important, especially when you're trying to turn a program around to have that chemistry, know that you have each other's back. And I think that's something that, like I said, you can even see it through social media and um, getting all those chimes from Twitter. Cause I, of course have Jackrabbit softball favorited. So when I can't follow the games, um, seeing the video, then I just get the like home run, home run, strikeout, strikeout, big hits, big defense, like <laughs> robbing home runs. Like I wish I could be in the stands every weekend, but I, yeah, the only games I actually got to see video were the first games at UNI. And I just remember playing at UNI, like you're so nervous. It's the mm-hmm. first one and it's different. It's inside. It's, we practice inside all winter, so I shouldn't say that part is so different, but it is a different feel and you step foot on the field and you feel like you look so timid and scared. And I feel like I'm dang, I don't know if I ever looked that swag out there, but they <laughs> like watching them play that weekend. I was like, this group means business. And again, since then, every time I see a tweet, a video, anything I see, it just looks like they are having so much fun and just doing such big things. So it's very exciting to see. Great. And Andrew, you, you were part, you know, or you were around when the program began to turn around under Crystal Wood. Um, What, what does she bring to the table that, that this team um, rallies around or I know she had a ton of success uh, at her prior stop at Wayne state, right down in Nebraska. Um, Yeah. What, what is, what's different about her? Why, why has she brought so much success to a program that, a lot of people just didn't think could be competitive. Well, I think Allie would um, probably anymore. back me up on this. Number one, that, that people may forget about Coach Wood is that she was a uh, uh, national champion uh, pitcher at, at Nebraska-Omaha when she was in Division II as a, as a collegiate athlete, and she is uh, competitive through and through, and I think she brings that every day with, with that team, and she wants to see the growth and the competition and, and all of that. I think uh, – yeah, like, I mean, Allie, Allie probably has been a part of that or, or seen that c- competitive spirit in Coach Wood from from when she was, you know, D2 Pitcher of the Year, I believe is what she was, uh, carried that over into an incredibly successful run with Wayne State College. And actually, uh, Coach Wood and I laugh about it now. I was a student at Augustana when Coach Wood was coaching at uh, Wayne State College, and I would work with the, the SID department covering softball down there, and, and there were a couple games that – she'd bring her team up in the, you know, regional championships or whatnot. I didn't like coach Wood very much because her team was, was tough and, and uh, they would challenge Augie. And I like to see, you know, the uh, Augie win back then. And, and, uh, but, but uh, only, only because she was a fantastic coach and all that. Uh, And then getting the chance to work with her at South Dakota state and watching firsthand her commitment to her team. uh, Number one is a big thing. The other thing that, that, I really think is important to call out with coach Wood is uh, there's a commitment to the culture that, and Allie was a part of this is there were a couple years that, that coach Wood had a vision and coach Wood had a belief and, and where this thing was going is what you see where, you know, what you saw in those Allie's last two years and what you're really seeing now is that's where it was going. And that's where the vision was headed. But, but you had the, you had to go through some muck uh, to get there. Uh to get people to buy in and commit. And that's such a hard thing when there's uh, a new coach coming on board and you've maybe had a couple different coaches in your career or the success hasn't followed uh, the, the new master plan towards success or whatever. And so, so 
it's it, you understand it from both ways where you can look at it and say, boy, it's hard to buy into this. I don't know that I trust you. But you look at Coach Wood and say, man, if you just bought in, we do really big things. And I think you saw with Allie's class, there was yeah. a lot of buy-in and, and it, it ramped up pretty quickly. Yeah. And just to, just to back up, when we're, when we're talking about success with softball right now, um, a lot of folks may not know, their overall record is 27-4 and four this season, and that's 12-0 and 0 in conference. Um, they still have uh, some weekend series against NDSU, USD, and UND ahead of them, uh, three of the better teams in the conference. But 27-4, and four, that's just a ridiculous hey. record. And we um, were even talking to point, in, in my office cool. the other day. I now work on campus and university marketing and communications. But we were talking that, that softball has a magic number to win a championship for the first time since uh, I believe it was 96 or 97. There's an actual magic number on paper that if softball wins <laughs> seven games, they're champions. Or softball wins and NDS loses and, and you know, there's this combination. But it's the magic number is seven games yeah. and you have a – you have a championship for South Dakota State University softball, which is uh, really a cool thing to think about when you look at this group. Yeah, that is crazy to think about. Allie, can you? Yeah, Allie, can you talk about uh, the rivalries oh, that are out there still? <laughs> you know, obviously with these big series with the other Dakota <laughs> schools. <laughs> um, well, North that. Dakota was always a fun game. They always had pretty good pitching, um, but they were not conference when I was there so that'll be interesting I wonder if that rivalry rivalry will um get a little more intense now that it's conference obviously but North Dakota State oh my gosh if we could have pulled more off against North Dakota State I would have been a much happier person (laughs) but I mean they're good and they're very well coached and very well respected but man it was always fun to score any runs let alone beat them but them in South Dakota I feel like those are those are my two favorite series that's for sure because they are so intense and both teams are so well coached and they have a a lot of big players on every team every year so it's really fun that they actually get to end with those series this year I don't know if I feel like usually when we were playing it was like one toward the beginning and one toward the end but those back-to-back would be really fun to have um six really big games. Yeah. And they, and they hit the road uh, this weekend, I believe heading up to grand forks to play. Uh, and then they they're home for the rest of the season. They're home for uh, four games against USD, two games against Creighton, and then four games. Uh, that against always NDSU feels amazing. To end the season. Grand forks so, was always so cold. Uh, so cold. That's all I remember from it. <laughs> Freezing. <laughs> sure no I will go back to saying again about coach Wood. it's just like you got to jump in with her or don't get in her way because her competitive drive is there and if you're there for it she will make you very successful and I think that's like my freshman year I was like oh holy cow like this is it but she saw so much potential in us and she just like got so excited and got so competitive and all of it. And then four years down the road, we turn around and we're like, Oh, okay. It all makes sense. Like, again, we're so glad that we're all still here. Like it all, it all makes sense now, but like, I'm glad Andrew touched on her very competitive. It's not just 
a coach against a team like we're all there with her and I even had to call her the year after I graduated I think I had to call her the day before she was having her baby and (laughs) I had to beg her to help me get into class that I was supposed to be in and I thought I was in and so like all that competitiveness off the field she's like my your second mom up there like it's crazy that relationship that you build in four years but she was there for us all the time after all those competitive practices and times where we just wanted to run away for a little bit but you know honestly I can attest to coach words competitiveness and I obviously was never coached by her but like in passing she was one of the most intimidating people but like then you actually talk like actually have a conversation with her because there is a a group of like I was pretty close with a lot of the softball players and I knew Allie in college and everything and you know and so even in in then and or when we were hanging out I'd like be talking to them and coach wood comes up and like she's intimidating (laughs) as all can be but then just like super nice when you actually start talking to her and you're like oh okay but yeah yeah I know I mean Andrew can attest to this like we went to a lot of softball games and um yeah, Coach Wood's competitiveness is 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 no business, man. It is. Right. It isn't. <laughs> we would we. It, it's funny to hear that because That's I have. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I watched that and I saw that, but uh, I'd sit in Coach Wood's office for hours during during weeks, or especially during the off season, and we would just we we talk about where the program is going, and we talk about all these great things that they're doing, and it was just she cared so deeply for those yeah. girls and wanted to see like. It, you were not, she, Allie talks about, you don't want to get in her way because she will protect. I mean, those are her girls and she's ready to go to bat for them with whatever they need. She's the one that's going to get it done for him. So, so coach Wood and, and that echoes to Brock Thompson too. And a lot of the, the coaches on campus that you see, um, it's not just what gets done on the field. You really see the buy-in from a special group of coaches in that athletic department that, that actually care about the person, not just the athlete. Yeah, that's a, absolutely. I, in my time there as a student, and I, Julia, I actually worked on campus for five years as an academic advisor, and then in the career center on campus. So, I've recognized both of you from from your time on campus. So, uh, I mean, you don't see too many like four time people. There was two of us on the side. There was two of us on the side. She was uh, alone. <laughs> you and you would be. Got it. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, so, so Allie, one thing with softball this year that that's really standing out and Andrew, maybe you can add in on this a little bit too, um, young pitching. I remember I read somewhere that, that last year there was like, maybe this is wrong, but like two top 100 pitching prospects or something like that signed with the Jacks. Um, maybe I don't, I don't know if that's true or not, but tell, talk about these girls that, uh, these young women that are—I know they're are, studs, yeah. and I wouldn't want to so step well in the box against them. Yeah. But uh, I'll, See, let Allie, I'll let Allie—I'll let Allie dive into to. more. <laughs> no, I think it would be so fun to just stand in the box with them. That would be—I because again, I've only seen the one game at you and I, but I had a really nice view of watching their ball movement, and it was insane. Like, and so much swag. Like, again, the first tournament, the first time you're out there. I swear, if I would have looked back and watched myself, like, I would have been trying my best to look tough out there, but I don't know if I would have come off as, and they're young, too. They're so young. Oh, so many of them are young, and they were just strutting their stuff out there, and again, the team behind them, like, they all just, 
they look like a big family out there. It's it's crazy. I want to see them live and in person so bad, but we'll get there someday. I'm a little far away from now. <laughs> yeah. And and so the the two players that I'm talking about, I believe, yeah, uh, are Tori Kanishki. Um, she has, she has a 1.93 ERA, and she's 14 and one on the season. Uh, yes, Jeepers. And then Grace Glanzer, um, 2.31 ERA. She's 11 and two on the season. Uh, Tori's pitched 80 innings. Grace has pitched 100. So, man, that's yeah, pretty that's phenomenal. Huge. If you have a one-two punch they like that, have they're one the top of those. two pitchers in the great. conference. Yep, to have one of those and and. Uh, behind that, you have depth, right? You have arms that, mm-hmm. that can come in and continue to throw and spell them. But, but it certainly starts with that one-two punch. And I really think that, that as Allie can attest to, if you, have, if you have a couple of arms who can give you seven innings each game and you don't really have to worry about it, you can, uh, you can do a lot of different things uh, and really go far with your team. Grace started – or Grace was a starter last year, right? Grace was, Grace was a stud last yep. year before that, team, or that season got cut short <clears> and you saw – you got to see potential of what she's doing now through what 14, 15 games before the season ended. And then it was, it was kind of a, man, I want to, I want to uh, see what they can continue to do and see what happens um, and, and all that. And, and so just watching her kind of continue, and it's not technically a sophomore season because she gets to, you know, maintain eligibility and stay as a freshman, but, but to see her follow up and continue uh, just the success is, is really really impressive. And then Tori coming in as a true freshman um, from Wayne, is she Wayne or Blair? I believe it's Wayne, Nebraska that she's coming from. Uh, or maybe it's I, Blair or Wayne. I apologize. It's one of the two I know as I look on the roster, but uh, for her to come in and, and step in to that, that pitcher circle as a starter as a true freshman, Allie talks about, you got to have a little bit of uh, uh, swag uh, as you do that, a little bit of, of cockiness to be able to step in and say, uh, I'm going to get this done, and then to come out and throw a sub two ERA through through 14 games is is incredibly impressive. Wayne, yeah, good job. And a good memory. She's from Wayne. Yeah, but so, I would say work. even like, thinking about how much growth our pitchers had when I was there from our freshman year to our senior year, like anybody, obviously, four years in college athletics, you're going to have huge growth. But like, where are they going to be in four years? That's going to be insane to see. Yeah, totally. Um, do we know conference tournament? That that's to be determined, that, right? That I believe that'll be up in NDSU again. This, yeah. Yep, that'll be up in Fargo. So, so as as okay, uh, successful as this year has been, right? It once again comes down to can you get it done uh, in Fargo at the end of yep. the year? And it's a <laughs> it's a group that I don't think is going to shy away from that. Uh, right. Matt, do we have time to pick Allie's brain on? on some hitting oh here God. because we have a group that, that is, uh, I, I think you have yeah. seven, seven starters hitting above 300. You got a 317 yeah. team average. Uh, I would, would love to maybe see that. And two, Allie, I know you can talk about, uh, you got a couple hitting coaches, uh, one, number one coach Pilar, and then Kiki, I know works with hitters as well. Uh, Kiki Stokes, who was an all American two time, all American herself at Nebraska. And so bringing that to the team is really important, but, Allie, what what's the what's the hitting? What's the offense? What's that doing? Oh my gosh, I would love to see them at practice with these numbers. But I just remember when I was there, anytime either one of those coaches, like you said, 
Kiki and Valar were talking, like I was all in, whether it were a problem that I was having or something I just wanted to learn about. Like if they're talking, I'm listening. I probably was like skipping reps and whatnot, but <laughs> I always had my ear on them. So that's exciting to see. I mean, again, in four years, where are some of these girls going to be? Like, I see a lot of Iowa girls too, which makes me with these big numbers. That's my, those are my girls now. But I mean, their slugging, every single one of their slugging percentages is like around 300 and up. That's insane. Um, Lots of home runs too. Holy cow. Allie, do you worry about your single season? I was going to say, yeah. do you worry about your records just disappearing <laughs> really quickly? I Worried is not the right word. Excited is honestly the word. I mean, what am I going to do? Tell my grandkids that I had? No, but it's just really <laughs> exciting. I know that anybody that broke records that I played with would say that too. It's just, again, we're climbing that ladder as a program. We set a standard and we just hope it builds and builds and builds and having individuals team records like that's all part of it so those will come as we are more successful and we love to see it honestly so Mm -hmm. these numbers are crazy though I hadn't looked at them for a little bit (laughs) I think too what's really fun is especially for uh South Dakota folks right is uh, Allie mentioned there's there's a ton of Iowa prospects but there's also a pair of uh, Sioux Falls uh, players no, right who, down the road, right down the road who have come up. You have Emma Osmondson, who's a true freshman, mm-hmm. hitting nearly 450 with with seven doubles and and uh, seeing the ball really well. And then you have Kylie Helverson, who's absolutely mashing it, eight mm-hmm. doubles, eleven home runs, uh, a nearly 800 slugging percentage, uh, uh, one point oh, over a over Hearing a one point two OPS is. I mean that's impressive to be able to see the ball, the ball like that and just be able to slug is, and it's fun to say, Hey, they're, they're from 45 minutes away. They're, they're homegrown product that came up and chose Jackrabbits. And uh, again, talk about the buy-in to the program and, and taking it to the next step. That's fun. And, and Grace as well. Grace is uh, Sioux Falls yeah. uh, product mm-hmm. pitcher, Grace Glanzer. We were chatting about her earlier. Yeah. And Emma's actually leaving the conference in batting average. So with four at four forty nine. So, Oh yeah, and the next closest person to her is uh, from NDSU at four oh four, so <laughs> forty five points higher. Wow! And I just I look at these stats and I I can just see her and think, well, Peyton's done this or Jocelyn's done this. Jocelyn hit a, a home run to kind of get the team going last weekend in a in a tough game on Sunday, right? And then you had Kelsey Lennox, Lennox who uh, mm-hmm. I think was uh, swinging a tennis racket at some tennis balls the way that she was. <laughs> I mean just blasting the ball all over and so uh fun to see fun to see that group like i said i could just you could run down you don't want to leave them out but as as we talk yeah i was gonna say it's nice that you're running out of names because everyone's doing so much this year yeah it's it's really fun well and i think that really and again correct me if i'm wrong any of you guys but like i think it all starts to you know like the culture changes with like you know, Allie, like you were at, like you, you talk about swag and you got like, like you had the swag. Like I was in the stands, you had the swag. <laughs> like, um, but like, it kind of, it like kind of starts with that, you know, it's like, I think you were, at least for me, what I remember, one of the first like true, like big hitters that I remember watching at SDSU softball. And I mean, like what you're, you're younger than I am. So um, 
I apologize to anybody who's above that that I'm not including in that. But like <laughs> Ali, like you were like you were a big baller. So uh, I think it, it started it had, it, like it just started with you, and now it just kept rolling with these big numbers. So I mean, I hope they don't break your records, but like I kind of hope they do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Julia, Julia, and uh, Maggie Smither watched a lot of uh, softball games yes. during that time. There were a couple games that I got them on the uh, PA mic because we needed someone to come help out. <laughs> so that and uh, so we'd come get Maggie announcing softball. That was pretty fun. No, that was, was it was say it, too. It was Go cringy, ahead. is what it was. It was cringy. Oh, Maggie yeah. trying to announce and Andrew, Andrew trying to teach her how to say and Allie heard this good and like, oh, she's like and she she's butchering it the whole time. The bench is laughing, you know. Andrew's we just like right I, when you guys showed up too. That's for sure. <laughs> I thought Andrew was gonna cut her short, but no, he just kept letting her go and I just sat back and, and watched and tried not to 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 cringe too much for her. So <laughs> No, I was gonna say earlier too, we talk about like Snapchat and all the social media. I think I have more memories from um south dakota state on my camera roll at the soccer games than i do hardly <laughs> anything else because we just like had the time of our lives in the stands and we i don't think many of us even knew what was going on in soccer <laughs> because it was like above our heads but we were there for it well that <laughs> it was actually before. made me miss it so much it kind of made me like sad and happy at the same time <laughs> Allie, that was before ted lasso came out so that's okay you didn't know what was going on that now like <laughs> <laughs> would be a different story so yeah, right. that would be different. now Allie would completely understand the game of soccer yeah, yeah, yeah. completely <laughs> Allie did you play soccer we asked we asked Julia if she played softball yes I played um in high school I didn't play competitively I just played in high school but I was actually like on my 40 minute commute home from school the other day I was thinking about soccer for some reason, and I remember the last soccer game I played. I broke my arm, so I knew it was going to be my last one. But, dang, I remember how heartbroken I was. <laughs> what position were you? Soccer, and uh, it depended on the year. I was a midfielder for two years, and then a forward for two years, and then goalie at the end, and then I broke my arm. So, Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, that was one of my top two heartbreaking days, I think, were my last game of soccer and my last game of football. <laughs> they are right there. I I remember I remember both of your last games as oh, Jackrabbits. And those were th- those are never those are never fun. What's that? No. I said what was my last at bat? That I don't I can't recall that. <laughs> It, I knew. I knew. Well, I was going to say that. I actually, I actually do kind of remember that, but I didn't want to bring it up. Uh, I just didn't want to say it. But uh, yeah, no, I remember I actually that. knew. You would yeah. uh, I do remember in that weekend, though, you hit a ball so incredibly far that Iowa State's like pitcher was like, like just like neck, like <laughs> twisted watching it. It. She hit. I think it's the rec. It's unofficially. The record for the longest home run at Iowa State softball. Pitching me the same pitch every time. It, it ended up in like thinking. a marsh, like outside of center field, to like the ground crew like went to like look for it, and it was like, no, we're not finding it. I actually, so. I ended up with two home run balls that day because one family member went out to try to go find it because they were curious, and then another family went out. And then when I finally met up with my family the next day, I ended up with two balls from sorry, <laughs> sorry Iowa State. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a great memory. I like that. 
no, my but favorite I, I, is the strikeout looking of all things. I, I remember <laughs> both their games and, and with any student athlete, that's not a fun one, but I do think that, that these two are among the many Jackrabbits who left the place better than when they arrived. And so that's, that's, I think is always important to point out. Yeah, definitely. Allie, any, we gave Julie a chance just to add anything at the end. Do you have anything to add about the the team or the upcoming games or the tournament itself? Oh gosh. I don't, I don't think so. If anyone makes it this far, I miss you all at South Dakota state and I love you all (laughs) and good luck in the tournament. Hey, there we go. I, uh, oh, that's awesome. a fun time. I have to add one more thing or else I'm sure Valar or, or Kiki or whatever will text me <laughs> on this is we talked about pitching. We talked about offense. The defense on this group is really impressive too. Yeah. Uh, uh, we've seen a couple robbed home runs. Jocelyn had one last Sunday. That, that was, was wild. Uh, fantastic. And you talk about the team getting together and, and having so much fun. You could hear them coming off the field. Grace Glanzer was the pitcher <laughs> and, and threw it and gave it up. She goes, I wasn't even worried. I knew Jocelyn was out in center. Uh, <laughs> so it was just, that was a fun one, but, but the well, well-rounded team, certainly well-balanced and, and getting after it. Hey, that's a great story again, <laughs> man. You guys have been wonderful. So uh, thank you, Andrew, Julia, Allie for, for doing this, being on the podcast. Um, I really do hope we can do this again um, before the, before next season. Um, This has been really fun and I hope people enjoy this podcast and appreciate uh, your insight and time. Uh, I know I do. So um, thank you so much. Um, Again, go big, go blue, go Jacks. (laughs) 